You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, day two of the Eagles offseason. The long, cold, winding offseason, which we will be here for with you all the way up until the start of next football season, which seems like about two and a half years away. But it's actually only nine months, folks. Uh, but you get your Mac and Mac guys and plenty of it over the next nine months leading up to the Eagles' first game. Uh, J Mac, other than the game, how was your trip to Tampa? Uh, well, the game was my trip to Tampa. I was in and out probably there, what, 36 hours. So didn't get much to see. Uh, woke up to a tornado warning, uh, torrential downpours. And then uh, by game time, it was cleared up and at times even sunny, windy. Uh, but everything was fine from a weather standpoint. And then I was back out. But Tampa's very nice. Anybody who's been down there. Uh, realizes uh, how nice that area is. And there's a bunch of Billy's fans from Clearwater and all that kind of stuff. So I'll tell you what, my hotel was filled with Eagles fans and uh, uh, they were very excited Sunday morning. Um, Understood. Uh, So yesterday, um, or no, it was uh, Sunday night on my CBS show. I had J.C. Allen on, who we had on last week leading up to the game. And I asked him to give me a guesstimate of how many Eagle fans were in the stadium on Sunday. And he put it at about 25%. He thought it was three to one Buck fans to Eagle fans. Um, I got an Eagle fan on the phone afterwards who said, no way, it was half Eagle Stadium. I'm an Eagle. I drove down. uh, JC is a guy I like, I trust. I don't think he was underestimating um, and an Eagle fan might have seen it through Eagle colored glasses. Uh, so give me an objective judgment if you even took the time to bother to try and evaluate it from the press box. Uh, what would you say the percentage of the breakdown was in the stand? I would say JC is about right 25, 30, 30, 35 at the most, uh, which is a lot for a. Right. A, not, 25 is yeah. not bad. 35 is, is borderline impressive. For um, a team that's so good and is the reigning Super Bowl champion. So it's not as easy to get in there as it is some other cities, um, especially for a playoff game. So a lot of Eagles fans managed to find their way in, uh, but it's definitely not a takeover situation by any stretch of the imagination. When the Eagles came out, a lot of times in stadiums you hear just cheers, you know, Atlanta and the season opener, Detroit, 
by that point was um, a disaster and a, a winless team and just it was all cheers. Um, now you you heard significant boos when the Eagles took the field and they did not the fans were not able to take over the stadium, but they got more in than most teams. You know, we, we, there are certain teams, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Dallas, obviously. Uh, Eagles are in that uh, sort of category. They they travel very well. And the reason <clears throat> that I wanted someone's opinion from down at the stadium, because usually you can get a pretty good guesstimate just watching the game home on your TV. The Eagle fans never really had much to cheer about. Uh, that before you blinked, it was seven nothing, and you blinked again, and it was 14 nothing, and it kind of had them sitting on their hands. So I couldn't get a true read on it. That's why I asked uh, JC Allen and now you as to uh, how many Eagle fans were actually in the house. Um, the other thing, oh, you mentioned about the wind. Uh, yeah, rain. What the hell happened to the rain? It was supposed to rain before the game and maybe into the game, never got a drop. So we know that's the case. How big a factor was the win? Uh, I think it was a little bit of a factor uh, for both teams. It was pretty significant. Um, you know, even Tom Brady early didn't look his normal, accurate self. A uh, couple uh, off-kilter throws that would typically be right on right on the mark. And, and then from Jalen's perspective, yeah, I mean, the accuracy wasn't there. So, it, it you know, we talked about it upcoming in the week and I mentioned how good quarterbacks and even Nick Sirianni said it Friday um he said rain um we because we talked about it with the Eagles running game money that helps the offense cold like I said with Aaron Rodgers helps the offense it, it's a little bit counterintuitive from what people think but at least with good quarterbacks it helps the offense wind that's a different animal. Nobody wants to see wind if you're a quarterback. So I do think it affected things. But remember, it was gust. It was not sustained like it is in Buffalo, for instance. And we've seen that um, in games in the past. Um, when it's sustained like that, then you have really issues. So, you know, it's kind of hit and miss. But I, I, I thought it affected both quarterbacks at least a little bit, but not enough to obviously changed the trajectory of the game understood and speaking of the trajectory of the game uh i certainly discussed this yesterday with jeff kerr did a good job filling in for you but i even more so feel the need to discuss it now with you because you and i've discussed it plenty and thank you very much for once again sending me my twelve fifty eight p.m <laughs> text on I the start of the game up that uh, the coin toss was had and the Philadelphia Eagles won. And as always, they deferred. Yeah, I almost yeah. wish wish they lost because I knew what was coming if they won the toss. And I thought it was ironic because, you know, Rodney McLeod, Jason Kelsey, uh, Fletcher Cox are out there for the, for the coin toss typically, and they were again. Um, and, and they kind of hesitated when they won the toss. And and I, I think it was it wasn't on purpose. It was probably just one of those things where it's just second nature. But um, you know, I thought maybe it was subconscious saying <laughs> we better rethink this. Um and they didn't, and I didn't expect them to, which is why you should have hoped they lost the toss because Tampa Bay would have deferred and they would have got the football first. Um 
but they didn't, and it was a mistake. And I mentioned it on the post-game show from the coin toss. You can make a strong argument they lost the game on the coin toss. Yes. You can make a strong argument. Oh, I'm ready to make that argument because you know how strongly I feel about this. I understand the analytics. And I asked you if anyone asked Sirianni about it after the game, and you said no because we've already asked that question. He's already answered that question, and he's just going to give us the same answer that he's given us previously. And we only got so much time, so we got to ask other questions which I get and I understand. But if it were me, I would ask the question because in this particular game, I think it played that big a role in the outcome of the game. That, yeah, any other game, yeah, you already answered the question. They go with the analytics, blah, 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 blah. And I get that. You've got other things to cover. This was that John McMullen is making an argument that the game was lost at the coin toss. <laughs> so then, yeah, I want to ask a question about the coin toss. Why the hell did you defer again? Is there given no thought to the fact that, well, maybe we should look at the matchup. Maybe we should look at what we want to do. Maybe we should look at what they've got, Tom Brady, the the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time. Maybe we should put analytics aside for a week and do what we think puts us in the best position to win. Nope. Just send them out there and tell them, guys, if we win the coin toss, we're going to defer. Uh, Fletcher, and and maybe it was a subconscious thing that they hesitated before they said, yeah, we'll kick. Uh, John, it just annoys the snot out of me, and it's like one of the things that bothers me most about Nick Sirianni here now that the season is over and done with, and we're only going to have six months to talk about this before they actually get together again. One of Sirianni's strong suits was into the season, six, seven games, two and five, Passing game isn't working. Trying to build everything around Jalen Hurts' strengths wasn't working. And Sirianni had the nerve. He had him hanging enough to go, well, wait a minute. We need to win games. And, you know, we're more effective running the football than we are running these RPOs and leaving it in Jalen's hands. Let's get him under center. Let's just pound some people. I think my offensive line is that good that we can just dictate terms and run the football. I guarantee you it was flying in the face of what the organization wanted, that he had to go in and tell them why I want to do this this way and we need to do this going forward. So he showed the fact that he took the control and the reins of this team. Why the hell won't he do the same thing with uh, deferring and not deferring? Does he just not get it? Is Nick Sirianni that dumb? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I asked him, the question before the game and after the game in a more layered approach, because I'm being kind of facetious on, on losing the game on the coin toss. That was, a, that was part of it. To me, it was the start of just an indication of a poor plan. And before the game, I, I asked Nick, you know, obviously you're focused on Todd Bowles and the, and the defense and what he's going to do to you as an offensive coach, but how much does it factor in that the other side has Tom Brady and it's so explosive and you have to realize um, things like you can't get behind, you know, you can get behind against Garrett, Garrett Gilbert and you can say, all right, we can stick with our plan. We can come back if we do some things, but you know, Tampa Bay is not going to stop coming. You know, they're not going to stop scoring. So a team that's not equipped to play from behind against Tampa Bay, guess what? You shouldn't play from behind. You should do everything humanly possible to play from the, from the lead. And the easiest way to do that is to take the football first. Yep. That That's my biggest problem with the issue. 
And then after the game, I asked him the same thing, you know, how much stress does that put on you as an offense when you're down two possessions? And he went to 17, nothing. And he claimed it didn't. And it came, he started to feel the press. He said at 24, well, that's too late. That's, that's way too stinking late. Coach. And guess what? Further back than you are portraying. Guess what? Even with all the garbage time numbers, even with the garbage time points, and that's been a theme against good teams. So throw out the box score. I don't care who threw for what, who scored. Because all the Eagles yardage was garbage. Garbage late when the game was 31-0, and it was over. It was decided. That's why I'm not a big stats guy. Because three months from now, Jody, nobody's going to be talking about the context of that. No point to what somebody did in garbage time and said, oh, I did something. No, they were destroyed. They were dismantled. It was a 31-0 game, and Tampa Bay took the foot off the gas and trying to get you – know, they got a lot of people banged up. They got more people banged up in that game. But from a larger perspective of, uh, of the head coach and, and you know, not feeling the pressure, hey, I don't think he was telling complete truth. You don't want to throw – uh, your team under the bus and said, yeah, I know it was over, but it was over at 17. And even that's what I'm saying. What's the final score? 31, 15, even with the garbage time points, you don't get 17. So it's over. You can't come back against that particular. And that was three of the first four possessions, 17, nothing game's over. Right. They just got uh, handled, abused, uh, yeah, the final score not indicative because you're right. The Eagles scored the last 15 points. It was 31 to nothing at one point. Sorry, coach. If it didn't dawn on you that uh oh we're in trouble till it got to 24 nothing. Shame on you. Come on, you're an NFL coach. You got to know better than that. And the thing, yeah, again, I, I didn't like. I didn't like the game plan at all from an offensive perspective. And I know a lot of people are killing Jonathan Gannon. I, I was texting some people. I can't even get the Gannon before I I, 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 I I haven't been able to get past this offense. I don't understand. You brought up some of the early stuff. They were back to the early stuff with the wide receiver screens and the RPOs. And look, I don't think they could have run the ball anyway because Todd Bowles came into this game and said, I'm going to stack this stinking box oh, and yeah. I'm going to force you to throw the football. And if you could throw the football, I'll think about changing. Well, they couldn't throw the football, uh, especially early. Um, Dallas Goddard didn't get his first catch till seven minutes was left in the second quarter. Devontae Smith, less than a minute to go in the second quarter before he caught the football for the first time. And again, the game was over by that point. He came out there and he put everybody on the line of scrimmage. You saw run blitzes. You saw slot blitzes to stop the run. It was sort of like the Joe Webb game, Antoine, Antoine Winfield uh, Sr. against Antoine Winfield Jr. Slot blitz, take away the mobile quarterback. Um, they could not run the football because of how stacked everything was, and they were giving them – not only were they giving them man-to-man coverage with single high safety, uh, but they were doing it with cornerbacks. They lost – Sean Murphy Bunning wasn't playing. Um they were down two corners, uh, and they said, guess what? You guys can't throw it. You guys can't beat us throwing the football. They challenged the Eagles, and the Eagles didn't try. But let, other me, let, than, me, let me jump in and ask you a question, John, because first series, first series, 
first play of the game, the Eagles offensive line came up and they seemed to almost be in a college stance. They had what linemen without their hand in the dirt. They've got their hands on their leg. It looked like a spread offense that they were coming out with. Now, you're right. If you go back and watch the film and you see what Tampa did, they put eight, sometimes nine in a box and said, oh, yeah, we dare you to run against that. You can see that. The Eagles were ready to go to this spread offense before the ball was ever snapped on the first play. And they did it throughout the first series. That's the one that really bothers me. Because here's what I'm doing if I'm Nick Sirianni. They're a talented team. They're the Super Bowl champions. To me, they're a much more talented team. And I tried to tell everybody that last week while everybody didn't necessarily listen to me. But still, if I'm coming into the playoffs and I've made my way into the playoffs and I went ahead and sat all my players in the final regular season game to get as healthy as possible to take a shot in the playoffs, I'm going mano a mano. I'm going to drive. If I got to hand the ball off between the tackles three straight times on the first possession, that may be the game. That could decide the game. Oh, except we deferred and we gave up a touchdown uh, before we ever uh, put our offense out there on the field. But I'm go. I'm giving my big five big guys up front the chance to just stone cold drive block. You can win the numbers. You can put a lot of guys in there. But I'm putting faith in my guys that we're going to be able to move the pile and we're going to be able to get a first down. And we're going to make a statement that, yes, we're here. It's the playoffs. You may be the favorite, but we're going to fight and we're going to do it our way. They didn't. They were trying to run some kind of offense that I hadn't seen in months here in Philadelphia. But that, it, it, did they think that much far ahead that we know what Tampa's going to do? And here's our response. Well, you know, that's, that's, the box? that's another interesting thing, Jody, because, you know, Nick took, took all week and, and said, it's just another game. Um, and that's what he preached. He didn't want anybody getting too excited. Well, the coaching staff didn't coach it like it was just another game. Um, and they got out of what they wanted to do. You know, but they did They did try to run the ball early. Um, the first play was was a successful play, and that was seven-yard run to, to Miles Sanders. Um, and then the second play um, was the – the the little short pass to to Boston Scott, which was an extension of the run game, which got I think a yard, and then so they're third and two. That's what you want. You want third and short in the NFL. You should be able to convert, especially with a mobile quarterback. And then you saw the eight man front in this in the blitz. I think it was Whitehead um, yep. with the blitz. And they lose three yards on third and two, and you're off to the races again. You got to punt the football. Um, you know, you you talk a lot. We talked a lot about the matchups, and um, you know, you were saying this was a bad matchup. I was no, this, saying this was the worst possible matchup. Yeah, I was saying there was a worst possible matchup, and that team lost as well. The Dallas Cowboys. Um, Look, they would have got smacked by the Dallas Cowboys as well. If you look, it's this league is about talent. If you look at, you know, who's the best coach in, in, in football, I think we can all agree. I think we can all stipulate. He got destroyed this weekend. Um, 
Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in, I think, 15 years. Never had a losing season in 15 sticking years. For people who don't know, that's pretty good. He got destroyed this weekend. Doesn't have the talent to compete with Kansas City. Um, The Eagles didn't have the talent to compete with Green Bay. So even if they came out with a great game plan, they weren't going to win this football game. But it would have been... It would have, they could have made it tougher. They could have made it tougher. Uh, but they're just not there from a talent perspective. I, I do think offensively the plan was terrible. Um, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. And guess what? They are a run-first team. They have been able to run against even top-10 run defenses. But nobody showed up like the Bucks showed up with eight guys in the box. Nobody. And one of those eight, by the way, is Vita Bea. So you can talk about pushing people off the line of scrimmage all you want, and four-time All-Pro or not. Jason Kelsey is not pushing Vita Bea off the line of scrimmage. He can do some different things. He can pull, and he can get out in front, and he can do a lot of different things to help the Eagles win a football game. But one thing he can't do is push Vita Bea off the front. And nobody can. That's not an insult to Jason Kelsey. Nobody can move that guy. Right. So right. they right. weren't when they come out the way they're playing defense. And remember, you don't have Tom Brady. What Tom Brady does is he goes to the line of scrimmage and he runs the game. He speeds it up. He slows it down. He sees what defense you're in. He checks to the right play. You have a very young quarterback, and this is not in a criticism of Jalen Hurts either. You're the one in his ear. You got to tell him there's eight people in the box, single coverage. You got up to 15 seconds. You got to check the right play. And yeah, you got to throw against that. And that's what Todd Bowles was telling you. You are not going to run the football against us today. And we are going to do everything humanly possible. And they would have put nine in the box if they had to. And they were going to stop that running game. And they did, and they said pass the football, and the Eagles couldn't pass the football, but they didn't even try until it was too late. But I do need to clarify this. Vita Vea was on the Bucks prior to the game as well, the week leading up to the game, right? And Yeah, but, so- the, but, but the difference is, Jody, you don't expect somebody to come out and say, we're going to essentially play goal line defense on, on, on at the 25-yard line and say, that's rare. You know, if you're playing a usual uh, 4-3 or 3, you know, multiple fronts that that Tampa Bay has, you you could do some things with bits. You can do some things. You could double-team, mate blocks, as Jordan Milata calls them. Uh, Now everybody's got to account for everybody because they have more people than you have, which is the exact opposite of a, a, a typical run defense. And that was the difference and the fact that, yeah, they knew Vita Bay was going to be there. They knew he was going to be a problem. Even Jason Kelsey talked about it during the week. But in a typical way Tampa Bay plays, the same way they played in week six, you can develop some things. You can do some things to try to to get the football to try. And people have done that against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was – the third-ranked run defense in the NFL after the season. And they were disappointed in that because they had been number one uh, two consecutive years. 
and they wanted to be number one three consecutive years uh, because they would have been the first team since the Williams wall, Pat Williams and Kevin Williams to do that. They were disappointed in number three. So he's an issue, but you can deal with it. You can't deal with it when there's eight people in the box because you can't double team the guy. Understood. But Todd Bowles is one of the more respected defense coordinator Vita Vea was there, and there was uh, a hurdle the Eagles had to get over, and they didn't. Whether they were prepared for it or not, that's on their coaching staff. Uh, Vita Vea is as good as he is, and I think Tampa's run defense is good. Not as good as uh, the, uh, uh, I wouldn't call them a top team, but a solid run defense, which, oh, by the way, they got healthy and got some guys back, which helped them this week, which I don't know if Eagle fans and certain media members like John McMullen factored in going in. And Tom Brady's Tom Brady. What's Did we not expect to get what we got from Tom Brady the same way you didn't expect uh, the defense coordinator, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play eight in the box right off the bat? No, well, I, I certainly did. But when this speculation... Right, well, we're back to the question. Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. How did you possibly think that the Cowboys were a tougher matchup well, than the, gonna, Bucks well, the Eagles? Well, because it had nothing to do with time. It had to do with the Cowboys playmaker. And I still believe the Cowboys would have destroyed the Eagles because... But it would have been a different type of game. It would have been 43. They would have dominated the Eagles more than the Bucs did. Well, they would have dominated them offensively more than the Bucs did. Uh, remember, after the Bucs scored, uh, it, when it was really, it was 14 nothing, and they got the ball again. And you remember, they were driving the football again. Then the Eagles held them. And it became a, a 17 nothing game. Beautiful, that that right. nice little run, Singleton was good in pass coverage underneath Gronkowski. Then you had, I think it was a tackle for loss from Brian Kerrigan. Then he had a sack. They had four sacks in this game. By the way, if you told me they had four sacks against Tom Brady, I would have called you a lunatic. Um, and they got four sacks in this game. And it was a really good defensive series, probably the best defensive series of the game for Philadelphia. And they held him to a field goal. It was 17 nothing. He said, all right, maybe there's a, a little bit of life in this team. But the offense can do anything. But it stayed 17 nothing for a while. The defense settled down at least a bit. And, and it, it stayed 17 nothing until Jalen Rager's, which is another issue, uh, punt his first pump up because he had two. Um, and obviously that gave uh tampa bay short field momentum and they go in and score and that was really the the nail was already in the coffin but nails but that was the final now the defense actually played better than i expected them to play um holding them down for that period of time um but again i took jody i took tampa bay to win by 11 points i took him to win 33 22 what I kept saying is, it is not a good matchup. It is a better matchup. I said the team I wanted was the Arizona Cardinals for right. an absolute embarrassment last night, as I expected. And by the way, offensively, the Cardinals remind me a lot of the Eagles because all they can do as far as the passing game, now they have better skill position players, but all they can do is off-schedule stuff which you can't count on. 
you know, it's Kyler Murray extending the play, throwing this, throwing, and that's great. Everybody loves when it's working against bad teams and highlights and everything. Wow, that's awesome. But you can't count on it. When it's third and seven, you got to be able to run a stinking slant and get to the sticks and, and move the sticks. And that's what quarterbacks like Tom Brady uh, do so well. But his ability to, to run the team at the line of scrimmage, that's what you need in the NFL to be consistently successful. And so many of these teams, and I don't know where the Eagles are with this, to be honest, but so many of these teams don't even want that. Like, it, it, And this is was always my biggest indictment of Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly didn't want Tom Brady, not that he could get him. Chip Kelly didn't want Peyton Manning, not that he could get him. He wanted to run everything himself. Right. And your ego's too big. Your ego's too big to not realize if you have Tom Brady, you better damn well utilize him. And look, they have a big advantage over everybody. But, you know, people before the game, when I was telling you about the hotel, it's amazing the changing expectations. The Eagles fans, and it was all Eagles fans, they thought they were going to win this game. And I'm looking at them like they're nuts. You know, Leonard Fournette's not here. He was a late scratch. Uh, that's going to affect, and we, we talked, obviously, Chris Godwin is it. Could you imagine if Chris Godwin? Now, here's, the, here's what I'm saying, Jody. Maybe I'll say it this way. If Chris Godwin was there, if Leonard Fournette was there, if Antonio Brown didn't go off the rails again and he was there, and Gronk was healthy, and everybody was healthy. They had their starting corners on the defensive side of the football. Avante David was able to come back, but he, he had been out, uh, and he was a big impact. But everybody had been healthy. I would have said, yeah, Tampa Bay's probably even a worse matchup. But they weren't there. They weren't there. And imagine if they were there. Imagine how bad it would have been. No, did, did the guys filling in for the uh, aforementioned injured players do okay? Yeah, they, they did, did okay. And that, that's something that you should have been able to see, and every other expert that we had here on Bird Three Sixty Five should have been able to see. And I, 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 I read this quote; I couldn't believe it. This was as big a mismatch as you were going to get. That well, comes from John McMullen in his Philly Boys column. Where's the comma? Except the Cowboys comma in that in that statement if you're clinging no, to that, the that, cowboys that, were a worse matchup how do you write this yesterday that this was the worst matchup you can get because because the my my column on philly voice was referencing the offensive plan the offensive plan developed in, in, into the mismatch that it didn't have to be um against against dallas they weren't going to be able to keep up they weren't going to be able to keep up because they Not don't the have 49ers keep up. Yeah. But Jody, what is your obsession with the Eagles are the same as the 49ers or the 49ers are the same as no, the my Rams. obsession is that Dak Prescott isn't Tom Brady ever. Never has been, yeah, never but... will be. And if you got the choice to face one out of the two, I picked Dak Prescott a hundred out of a hundred times. So do I. So do I. But the quarterback is not out there by himself. You know that. that. Come on. That is, why do we play these games? You know, for all the great players in the history of the world, and what, whatever you want to call uh, Tom Brady's 
set uh, 10 Super Bowl, seven Super Bowl championships, right? How many years has he been playing now, Jody? 20 plus. 20 plus. That means his last game, even the greatest of all time, loses far more than 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 he wins. Come on. Every you, single you know one. We're talking about percentages here. How many what's what, his percentage of getting to the Super Bowl as compared to everybody Jody, else on the planet? But Jody, you're boiling down an, an NFL game to the quarterback. And that is so cliched. That should be cliched, except accurate. Look at the teams to the left, John. It's the best quarterbacks in the game, and Dak Prescott isn't one of them. Well, he, 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 you can you cannot. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Dak Prescott's better than Tom Brady, but I'm going to sit in here and say our 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 Gotti is better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on what planet? If you watch, and I always use the fighting. Um, analogy you know there was a great documentary on what i think is the best time in boxing history and that was uh the welterweights middleweights with hagler and hearns and leonard and uh roberto duran and even had some other ones mixed in there styles make fights and you know sugar ray leonard for instance had more trouble with thomas hearns than anybody because he couldn't figure out the style couldn't figure out the style of the particular fighter. Now, Hearns wasn't as good as Hagler, arguably wasn't as good as Duran, uh, but he had the most trouble with with Thomas Hearns. Styles make fights. I don't care about the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers, for instance, have Kyle Shannon as a head coach. Now, there's some up and there's some down. Now, if you're telling me, so by your definition, because Jimmy Garoppolo's going in to face Aaron Rodgers, he should have no chance whatsoever. I know this. I know this. Kyle Shanahan's going to have a better plan in place to at least give San Francisco an opportunity if they can run the football and Devo Samuel goes nuts and does some things that he can do. He's going to scheme some things to help his team out. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say Dak Prescott is better than Tom Brady. That's not why I said the Cowboys, the Eagles match up uh uh worse with the Cowboys than the Buccaneers. But I'm also gonna say, even in the instance of Tom Brady, even in the instance of Tom Brady, the quarterback can't win the football game by himself. Can he help you? Of course he can help you. I think Aaron Rodgers, and I say this all the time. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life, in my career, in my history. I don't think anybody has played the position at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers when he's humming at his optimal level. I say it all the time. He's got one Super Bowl championship. You can't win things by yourself. Michael Jordan, how many, how many NBA titles, how many years does he play? You lose more than win at the end. Everybody's unhappy. It's not about one player, even the quarterback. But, yes, I'd All rather right, have. John, let me ask you. What about the Cowboys made you believe that they could be successful in the playoffs this year? It, not, certainly not history. Successful, Certainly Jody. not no results. Only Jody. your personal evaluation of the talent of the roster. Was that what you were basing it on? The Cowboys have proven 
to be a choking well, I, team I think, the last I, I two think. years, four years, six years, eight years, 20 some odd years. You want to go back the last time they made the Super Bowl? Yes, I, I factor that in a great deal. Quarterback is at the top of yeah, the but, list. But, but, but then, but, you know, get, what I, cowboy player has ever done anything in the playoffs? I don't know. Where you get, I said, Cowboys can be successful in the playoffs. I said they were a bad matchup for the Philadelphia Correct. Eagles. Correct. If I was going to say the Cowboys were playing Tampa Bay, I would pick Tampa Bay. If I was going to say the Cowboys were playing uh, Green Bay, I would pick Green Bay. So I don't know where you're getting. They have a very talented roster. I thought they would beat San Francisco. But I also said, and you can ask Ed Kratz when we have him on the show, I said they're going to have trouble with San Francisco because San Francisco isn't going to show up with a, with a – would have been a harder matchup than Eagles. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, they're going to have trouble against San Francisco. Should have won the game. And, and you're right in that aspect. Coaching plays into it. Bad decision plays into it. They're a very undisciplined team. But I, I've seen this team play the Eagles up close twice, and even the junior varsity, the varsity game. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, they that's can't, irrelevant. They can't deal with those receivers where 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 the Eagles are right now defensively. And I knew the Cowboys would score forty plus points against the Eagles, and the Eagles aren't capable of of scoring forty points at this stage with their particular offense. That was my whole mindset, and again. I picked Tampa Bay to win by 11 points and they probably would have won by 11 points. If the Eagles came in with an even competent offensive game plan or somewhere in that nature, I'm not going to say would have nailed the score, but I thought the coaching uh, really impacted um, their ability to compete in this game even further. But yeah, they had Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been, I, 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 you might as well not even have shown up. And you can argue they didn't show up anyway. No. Uh, and coaching was another reason why I thought, in a comparison, matchup against the Eagles, Tampa Bay or Dallas, I'm going to take Tampa every single time because coaching does matter that much. Well, they do have a quarterback. There's only thing. one of 22 guys on the field. Well, coaching is a pretty big deal too. And when you compare the Tampa coaching staff to the Cowboy coaching staff, not even in the same neighborhood. And that's why the, the Bucks were absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but even that I'm not, you know, it is a talent driven league. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say Buffalo is a better coaching staff than new England. I'm not going to say that. Now, Kansas City, I, you can say, Andy, you know, but Mike Tomlin's very good. But Mike Tomlin isn't certainly a bad coach, and his staff is certainly not doing a bad job. Talent is first and foremost in this league. Um, and and, and how, how did the Cowboys get beat on Sunday, John? If they're well, that talented a roster, if you're saying it's all about the talent well, and the Cowboys have that kind of penalties. talent, more talent than the Tampa Bay Bucks, how'd they lose that game? Well, let's start with 14 penalties. Let's start with um, the stupid well, play. Talented players are the ones taking those penalties, right? Are you not well, factoring that in when you're judge judging and evaluating the talents of the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I mean, when you talk about, let's talk about the first drive of the Eagles game. Now, again, everybody loses the perspective. Everybody loses the context. We talked about the wind. Uh, I think it was the first play was a big run. 
I think it was 16, 17 yards by Vaughn. And you say, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. Then the second play was a short pass to, uh, I think, Gio Bernard. uh, That was off target, way off target, uh, which is atypical of Tom Brady. Uh, You know, it was a short throw. Um, And so you're you're second down and 10, and then I have to – I believe that was the Derek Barnett play, which was – now, and I know people are going to kill Derek Barnett, but, you know, let's be honest. That's a Tom Brady reputation play. Right. I mean, I, I, that's that's what that was. And you got to be – you can say <clears> – you can say all you want. You have to be aware of that type of situation. But that's a ticky-tack call, and it was. That was second and ten, uh, Derek Barnett roughing the passer. And all of a sudden, that third and ten – where you have, who knows what happens at that point. They could be four and out, not three and out, because they gave up the first. And then we're, we're having a totally different conversation about the coin toss and all that kind of crap. Um, for, we've seen NFL officials, and I'm not one to complain about NFL officials. Everybody else is. I never talk about it. But when you get 14 penalties, you get 14 penalties. Nobody's coaching you to get penalties, I you know. I, but that impacts you in a certain game. And then yeah, it, San Francisco's a good football team. And by the way, they should have won the game far easier until Jimmy tried to give it back. Um, and that gave Dallas some life, and they were able to do some things late. But, yeah, they didn't play well. That doesn't mean they match up. That doesn't mean the Eagles match up with them. Doesn't mean because Wait, what I'm trying to understand, John, is you seem to have this opinion of Dallas and their talent and their roster and the like, except they only beat the same teams the Eagles beat last year. The only thing they, well, you they, they the won the same exact number don't. of games so they played I'll the same last schedule other... that the Eagles did. They were woefully overrated coming into the playoffs by you right. and like everybody else on the planet. Well, we have we have to take a break so we can get more into it after the break, Jody. But I'll just say this before: what? Who, just go down the list. Besides Dak Prescott, who you seem to think is is a bad quarterback, not uh, bad, uh, just pales in comparison to Tom Brady. Well, well, who's bad? Who uh, of of the the names that I tell you are good? The Amari Coopers, the C.D. Lambs, the Cedric Wilsons, the Michael Gallups, who wasn't there, the Tyron Smiths, the Zach Martins, who's going to the Hall of Fame. Tyron Lale, Smith isn't playing. I know he made a Pro Bowl again. The Lyle Collins. He got a yeah, pierce make a the Pro other Bowl. day. Lyle Collins, uh, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Dix. These are bad football players? What, I'm crazy? I, no, I could go through them one by one. And Trayvon Dix gets a lot of interceptions, but he gave up more yards than anybody in the NFL this year. Overrated. That's my point. That now, the guys you are of all people are going to throw on a pedestal, and I just don't believe they belong there. You of all people are going to throw pro football focus grades at me when it comes to Trayvon Diggs, who intercepts the football eleven or no, twelve that times. Do and pro is all focus. Pro. The yardage that you give up, you can get that stat anywhere. He gave up more yards than any player focus. in the National Football they League. They got this that year. stat from Pro Football Focus. And he was voted all pro. And if you talk, and I've talked to Darius Slay about him. Darius Slay is one of the best cornerbacks in football. And I would assume because in the, he's on the Eagles, you'd say he's better. He, he talks pretty stinking highly of, of Trayvon Diggs. So 
If you're going to sit here and say Trayvon Diggs isn't John, talented. John, are you, you going to say I'm making it up? Or did he give up more yards, one-on-one -on -one coverage, downfield than any other player in the NFL? It, am I lying to our No, you're not. Or am I stating not, a fact? A given not, fact, a statistic that they can well register and follow. Yeah, and he gave up more yards than anybody else in the league. Jody, you're taking stats you like and ignoring the rest of the context that he's the biggest big play cornerback in football. And the fact that he was voted all pro. So he's voted all pro by the writers. He's respected by his, his peers who think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the game. But we're sitting here and having a conversation that Trayvon Diggs isn't talented. Think about that. Think about did, that. Did you hear me say he wasn't talented? Well, you're you're I'll arguing. repeat it for you one more time, John. He's overrated. He is the best playmaking defensive back in this. Yes, I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did, but people don't give any accordance to the fact that he gets beat a lot and he gets beat big. And he gets beat deep, and he gets beat for touchdowns. Well, yeah, he gets interceptions because that grabs a lot of headlines. I'm looking at it in a more balanced approach. I'm looking at his entire game. I don't think he's the best cornerback in football, although some people put him on that pedestal because he led the league in interceptions this year. In I football. just don't think it's – that's not my opinion. I don't think he's the best cornerback in football, but I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in football. And I, I don't think that's in dispute – but I just I just listed it a, a demon. Look, if you don't like the Dallas Cowboys, I don't give a sh shit about the Dallas Cowboys. If you don't like them, fine. If you think they're overrated, fine. I just gave a list of about fifteen stinking names, and if you think any of them aren't talented as NFL players, well, then how did this unbelievably talented roster lose to the San Francisco 49ers with ten and seven? But you've never seen an upset in the NFL. Is that what you're going to sit here and say to me? Well, I, I'm I'm looking at at the continued playoff coming up short with the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, you have a you problem with back... you? You can make a, a issue with the Dallas Cowboys organization. I'm right behind you. It's a bad organization. Well, the Dallas they make Cowboys bad organization that we talked about last week and comparing them to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as this, a potential opponent this, for the Eagles. We got we got to go to a break because Sanders got. Is this Birds 365 or Cowboys 365? I don't care about the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think they're a good matchup we're for talking about a comparison we disagree. Who, who we would have been better to play the Eagles? We it's not like disagree. we're not talking about the Eagles. That's the whole it. conversation started about the Eagles. They they do not match up well with the Dallas Cowboys. You saw it. Do you think they match up well? No, they match up poorly against the Dallas Cowboys. So what Cowboys, are we arguing they about? The Dallas Cowboys, I would have given them a chance to win. A chance. They had no chance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the difference. They had, they had a no chance, chance small either. chance against the they Dallas no Cowboys. They had either. no chance against the Tampa they Bay Buccaneers. They probably had a chance against the Arizona Cardinals. They probably had a minute chance against the L.A. Rams. They had even lesser chances against Dallas and Tampa Bay. We're arguing about who's one and who's two. The only team they would have had, and guess what? They probably wouldn't have beaten the Cardinals, to be honest. They're not ready from a talent perspective. So, I mean, that's that's where we are with the Eagles. We'll come back and talk more about the Eagles here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. 
and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Season is underway. After it's a good one, though. Down fired up early in the day. Uh, yes, and I'm. I'm. We'll move on. I I'm very <laughs> surprised, Don, that you're clear after the results of this weekend. The fact that you're clinging to the Bucks would have been a lesser difficult matchup than the Cowboys just boggles my mind. All right, Cowboys can't. Uh, Eagles can't score forty points. Simple. I don't think the Cowboys would have scored 40 points against the Eagles had they played this weekend. That's just me. Um, I'm, the, the, the last well, game they played was a complete toss against the JV team, the practice squad. And it was a very different Eagle team that played the Cowboys in the first month of the season. So I don't think that it was a foregone conclusion that if the Eagles had tra- traveled to Dallas this week, that the Cowboys would have put 40 points up. If you believe that, yeah, we can't have a conversation. I don't believe that would have happened. Um, but here's one I do want to check with you because we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts today, tomorrow, next week, the next month, all the way until after the draft as to whether he should be the Eagles quarterback or not. And again, some things you feel very strongly about. For me, it was that the Bucks was a tougher matchup than the Cowboys this past week. Uh, I'm not going to take a stance on Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry. There is a percentage of Eagle fans that want the Eagles to trade Jalen Hurts today. 
to cut Jalen Hurts today, to get rid of Jalen Hurts and never have to look at Jalen Hurts again. And then there is a percentage of the fan base that wants to give Jalen Hurts a 10-year contract extension because the Eagles quarterback position is one of those lightning rod spots that people feel they need to take a stand either all in one way or all in the other way. And I'm sorry, that's just not where the Eagles are right now or should be right now. They shouldn't be making a decision right now. So we're going to continue to give our opinion on it uh, throughout the entire offseason. But sometimes you can make a strong stand and you can take a definitive stance. And I'm ready for that. And his name is Jalen Rager. (laughs) And in my opinion, it is he should never pull on an Eagle uniform again. It is one of my knocks on this organization. Number one, they defer every single time without putting any thought into it whatsoever. And number two, more so than maybe any other organization in the National Football League, they refuse to cut ties. They refuse to admit mistakes. That you make a draft pick and then you need to continue to honor it in the face of the results Game after game after game after game after game, year after year, boggles my mind. Sometimes you just got to stand up and go, all right, we got that one wrong. Let's move on. And Jalen Rager is that guy for me. They have to do it. He can't come back and play for this team again next year. They have to move on from day three pick, sixth rounder. I know to get a sixth rounder for a first year, uh, a first round draft pick just two years later, Looks really bad. But you know what looks worse, John? Jalen Hurts muffing a punt at a key aspect of the game and costing the Philadelphia Eagles in games. We're talking about off-field reputations and actual on-field results. You can't prioritize how it makes you look as an organization. You have to prioritize winning games. And Jalen Rager does not help you win games. He helps you lose games. He should never wear an Eagle jersey again. Are you with me? Yeah, I I don't think he should be back. Uh, I think the bigger question is, will he be back? Look, I don't think he wants to be back. I, I mean, you know, he, he wanted to be traded before this, to be honest. But who's going to trade for Jalen Ranker? I mean, you talked about a six-round pick. The Eagles would take a six-round pick in a second. Uh, he doesn't You have... sure about that? Yeah, yeah, I am at this point. Um, I don't trust Howie Roseman with that. Now, I absolutely do not trust him with that. I mean, the more likely scenario, and that's what I was was getting to, is that they'll just hide him on the back end of the roster because he's still under his rookie deal, and you know he won't they, play. Did they hide him yesterday? He got no. fifty some odd snaps. Yeah, and and they, you know. <laughs> You know, Greg Ward hurt his back. They did admit, Nick did admit that uh, he would have benched him essentially after the punt flub, but Greg was not available. Um, I guess they could have thrown Boston Scott back there, but he doesn't He doesn't do it much. Devontae, you, know, you don't want to waste him on that, although who cares in the playoffs? So I guess they could have went in a, in a bunch of different ways. I do think they would have, Benched him a punt returner if Greg Ward was available, but Greg wasn't available. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, there's no defending Jalen Rager at this point. It's obvious it's not going to work here. Maybe he can become. He needs a change of scenery. Maybe he can become a NFL player in, in another city with less. Uh, I'll call it passion with less of a microscope. Remember, if he goes to another city, he doesn't have that uh, expectation. He doesn't have that pedigree. Uh, maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off him. Um, and maybe he can turn it around, but he's not turning around here. He's not. He's not. Um, will he be here or won't he be here? I think the Eagles would love to get a six-round pick for him at this point. Um, I I would I would just if I had to I'd I'd eat it I'd release him. As would I, and I just. Uh, the track record is what it is, and the Eagles cling to these first-round draft picks and continue to wait it out. And well, they were right with Andre Diller because they're they're going to be able to get something for Andre Diller. They were right to wait that out. Um, in this instance, yeah, I, I'm I'm you know we'll see how the the offseason shakes out. I think they have some time. I, I don't think they should say right now. What Jalen Rager's so bad, we're just gonna. Release them right now. I mean, you just hold on. You see what happens. Um, and it'll probably go late into the process. Uh, and who knows? Maybe he gets cut before the season if they can't get a seventh-round pick for him. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's right to to, to wait and, and hide somebody on the back end of the roster. Sometimes it isn't right. This guy has played himself off this team. Played himself, and remember, he's got plenty of opportunities, opportunities after opportunities after opportunities. Um, I'd love to see him go to Green Bay just to see if Aaron Rodgers can make something out of him. I would love to see it. Yeah, I, if if you're going to get a pick for him, which is uh, unlikely, uh, a sixth round pick, that's maybe a little wishful thinking on my part. But maybe there's someone out there that had him high on their draft board as well, or they're going to blame the Eagles coaches for not being able to get it out of. Maybe you can suck somebody in. Howie, that's supposedly what you do, right? Howie plays the draft trade game well. Well, I'm sure I, selecting I'm, players. I'm sure they would love to suck somebody. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm they, sure they'll do be... what you do well, Howie, and see if you can get something for him. And oh, by the way, they're they're getting a day three pick at best for your boy Diller too. Um, he maybe maybe has more value by not playing than Rager has by playing, which is a pretty ugly testament to Jalen Rager's play. Here's how strong I feel about Rager. I'd rather keep JJ Arcega Whiteside because at least he can block. We, we've established that this year, that they put him in when they want to run the football. They think he's a good blocker. He at least brings one skill set to the table, which is more than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah, I'm, 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 I've said this before. I would, I would turn over that entire room outside of Devontae Smith, literally the entire room at this point. And, I'm, and, and by the way, you know, it's okay if you take a couple day three picks and – you know, you want to try to develop somebody. Um, I'm go- I'm going free agency. The Eagles have money. I want a proven commodity because this organization and this coaching staff, and now we're talking two coaching staffs. And by the way, this one where the head coach is, you know, sort of that's his position, right. wide receiver. Um, 
they can't develop wide receivers. There are certain organizations that develop certain players, like the Eagles, offensive linemen. They're known for it. They develop offensive linemen. They can't develop wide receivers. They can't do it. And I want a guy who's already proven uh, and is already ready to go because too many hits at that particular position. Is that an indictment of Sirianni? The fact that their wide receiver room was, it, it wasn't like they put a lot into it. That Smith is a first round pick, certainly. But other than that, they didn't sign any wide receivers. Well, they, they put a ton into it when you go first round, first round, second round in three consecutive years. Now, next No, up, I mean just this offseason. Of I'm talking about since Sirianni came on. If you're evaluating Sirianni, then you only evaluate him from the time that he showed up. No, but one so of the reasons they, he was brought here, um, not the only reason, but I remember saying this in training camp, he spent an inordinate amount of time with these receivers for a head coach. I've never seen anything like it. I've mentioned that numerous times on the show to the point where I was saying, this is weird. You know, this is good. This guy's the head coach of the team. He's got to go do some other things uh, than spend times. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination, am I saying he was in, he was brought in to fix the wide receiver room. That was a very small part of his job, but it was, but it was part of it. They were expecting improvement. And if anything, that group got worse yeah. as a whole. And I'm putting Devontae Smith off to the side. If anything, the people that were here, the people that he inherited, they got worse. Right. They got Rager, worse. Rager got worse. Uh, I'd say Whiteside got worse. John Hightower couldn't make the team. I'll still tell you the reason that Greg Ward's numbers disappeared was because he was not given a chance and wasn't put on the field. But that's on Sirianni as well. Yeah, it, hey, I got no problems with it. You know, I'm a big Greg Ward fan. It's time for Greg to move on to. He needs to change the scenery. Uh, Rager stinks. He's got to go. Artega Whiteside stinks. He's got to go. Yeah, Devontae, go sit in the corner. We're going to rebuild this room all the way around you. I am 100% in agreement with you on that. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac, Birds 365 guys. Coming up next hour, we'll get our guy Chris Franklin to join us. He's been good about coming on after games, win or lose, and this was a bad loss against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris Franklin's going to join us about 20 minutes from now here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. 
Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We are the Mac and Mac guys. John McDonald, Jody McDonald here with John Bird 365. Um, show number 197. We're sneaking up on uh, 200, John. Uh, Friday, we'll do our 200th show. Unfortunately, it's that many more days to the start of next season. We got 200 and change days before we get to talk about an Eagle game again. This will be a slow offseason because we're just underway. But at least we're going to have plenty to talk about because... And again, Biggest draft in franchise history. Like it was super wild card weekend. It's a super draft. I'm decreeing it. Super as, draft. as well you should three first round picks um yeah let's go there then super wild card weekend that blow up in the nfl's face or are you gonna give me the same story which you always did do rightfully so they're bulletproof joe it doesn't matter doesn't matter how bad they screw things up they're still the nfl they throw it on tv and people flock to it oh yeah in, I, in I, tens I, I, of millions of numbers i know the numbers for last night are going to be astronomical. So, yeah, I mean, people say what they want. People, you know, I can't even look at my Twitter during games because of, I and I brought it up a little bit before, the officiating, the constant complaints about the officiating. It's just, it just gets old to me. Uh, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, and it's just, you know, everybody talks about how terrible it is, and it's the worst it's ever been. You're not turning off the TV, so what do they care? They're not going to fix anything. I mean, they should go to a sky judge at all times and get everything right. They just radio down and say, hey, guys, you got that one wrong. They do it on some place. They don't do it on other place. Um, and it would, it would clean things up dramatically. It would make things quicker. There's no... I've had this discussion with people at the league office more so, and I probably told you the story, Jody, you know, because they want to make this league popular um, outside of this country because football is a uniquely American sport. It's not like basketball or soccer or yeah. hockey where other countries like it and understand it. Nobody else thinking understands football um, outside of this country unless you grew up with it. And nobody gets that in the NFL office. They're like, what do you mean? I asked them, you know, this game's kind of complicated for people. You know, if you can imagine 
you're my age, Jody, or your age, and you grew up in France, uh, and and you're like trying to figure out an NFL game, it's not going to go well for you. Not going to go well for you. I've been covering this league for over 20 years, and I don't know all the rules. They'll pull out some arcane, and I'm like, what? And just this week, the umpire came in. Yeah, perfect example. The Dallas game that there's a whole bunch of guys. I knew that, but a lot of people. The referee has to set the ball. They probably said to themselves, oh, that's true. That they didn't really realize it. Oh, nobody. They had to hear about it. I can't tell you how many times I saw that clip and they're saying, what is the official doing bumping into Dak Prescott? He's trying to help Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott made the mental mistake. The umpire's got to uh, handle the football and, and place the football down after every play. That's why you don't run a quarterback draw with 14 seconds and no timeouts. And that was a bad decision by whoever made that decision, whether it was Kellen Moore or Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott, uh, and probably a, a combination of all three. And then when you are Dak Prescott, you have to have the common sense to say, hand that football to the umpire. And then you have the changing, you have the sliding goalposts, so to speak. Then after they figure out all the critics, oh, that is right. The umpire's got to hold the ball. He didn't make a mistake. Then they start talking about his lack of athleticism, the poor guy. Oh, he's too far behind the play. Oh, he can't catch up. Oh, he's not the same level of athlete as Dak Prescott. Prescott. Well, yeah, duh. Duh. Um, But, yeah, things like that. And guess what, Jody? They'll all turn in this weekend. They're all tuned in this weekend. So the NFL has no sort of impetus for change uh, other than, I don't know, some of the things they do change. I scratch my head. Um, why they try to make the game over legislated, which I talked to you a lot about that. It drives me crazy, but I can't control it. So I'm not going to complain about it. Well, and this is one thing they won't change, and this won't go over well with Eagle fans. Last year, they expanded the playoffs. So this is year two of the seventeen playoffs. Yeah, seven, seven, seven is too much. This year, they went to three days of it to emphasize the fact that they've got this many teams making the playoffs with the first ever Monday night playoff game. How did two seventh-place teams fare this week, yeah. both from the state of Pennsylvania? Not good. Not, Not good. good at all. The, the Eagles what, might have been the best of that group. May, they, they may, may have been slightly better more competitive than the, than the Steelers were going to Kansas City. So those are your two seventh rounders. Uh, yeah. not. But again, they get an extra game for TV. They flip it up there on Monday night on ESPN. It'll do boffo numbers, even though it was a snooze fest. I went over to Raw at times. Because oh, the Rams Cardinal game is not keeping my attention, so boom, I was on the USA Network. Yeah, the the NFL doesn't care because people will just stay tuned. They've got action on but the now game. Now there's over, and I had to look it up. There's a little bit of overreaction because obviously this is the only only the second year <clears throat> with the seven seed. So I don't remember everything draws together. Last year, Buffalo was the two. Indianapolis was the seven. It was a 27-24 game. Um, so really competitive. And then on the NFC side, it was New Orleans and Chicago, which was 21-9, to which isn't great, but it's not horrific. I mean, it's not embarrassing. 
Um, yeah, but it was Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, well, that's that's a tough watch. But anytime Mitch is out there, but the the final score at least wasn't embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I there's not there's not fourteen good teams in this league. So then, and that's why divisional weekend. This will be the best weekend of year if you're just a pure football fan. Yep, you're going to see good teams against good teams. And you get two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. So you're right. It will be. It should be the highest quality of football. And oh, by the way, I did uh, write the point spreads down. If you believe that tells you anything, which um, I do, but not everybody does. Uh, Titans are a three and a half point choice. The Packers are a five and a half point choice. The Bucks are a three point choice, and the Chiefs are only a two and a half point, less than a field goal choice over the Bills. So we had a couple over a touchdown lines this past week, including a double digit number in the Kansas city Pittsburgh game. You're not getting any of that this week because yeah, you got the eight best teams left and it's not even close. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there is a, most of this league, I would say the vast majority of this league. And this is by the way, where the Eagles deserve some credit to be honest. You know, they beat the teams for the most part they were supposed to beat. And if you do that, you got a chance to be in the playoffs. The one notable exception would be the the Giants game, which is a game they should have won. And yep. it would have been easier for them. Uh, but they were 0-7 against playoff teams. Um, and they lost by an average of just under 14 points. So two touchdowns in those games. Now, one of them is an outlier week 18 against Dallas and because you're right, that was the junior varsity. But then again, Jody, think about all those games early where there were garbage time, including and then think about Tampa Bay, garbage time points, garbage time points in Las Vegas, garbage time points against Kansas City, garbage time points against Tampa Bay. Um they were not close in these games against uh, against playoff teams. Garbage time points in Dallas. They were not close in any of those games. Um, it, it, they're not ready to compete. Right, but I, I, I'll say this. Now, this is going to fly in the face of my own argument. The Tampa game got them within one score here yeah, earlier that, in the year. That was, yeah. And if, if they make a stop, and I got a guy who calls me on WIP all the time, he keeps – uh, referencing the Gennard Avery taunting uh, yeah, foul yeah. on the sidelines, which gave the Bucks a gift it's 15 yards. That again. was a yeah. god-awful call. Get a stop then. That was like the, uh, the, the their first uh, set of downs. Okay, now you're going to get a tougher spot stop, and you're going to have to come further down the field if you do get that stop. But nothing said because they handed you 15 yards that you have to stop playing defense. And Tom Brady just kept making play after play after play after play. But when you get to one score with four minutes left in a game and you need a defensive stop, then you take the garbage time aspect out of it. You actually made it a game. Like their scores, yes, down 31 nothing. Those two touchdowns mean zero, zero, nothing. They mean nothing. That game, the game here in Philadelphia earlier this year, you got within one score. Can't call that garbage time. 
Well, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it's definitely closer, no question about it, than 31 nothing. I I can tell you, I remember that game well. I did, never got a feeling that the Eagles were in it. Other people did, though, so other people did. That was one of those where, you know, I think Tampa Bay kind of fell asleep, and if they wanted to, they could have just turned the engine on again and, and, and done what they essentially wanted. But that's just a, a personal – I, I don't think they were as close. They certainly – but the other games I mentioned were complete garbage time points. Very true. Uh, Vegas, Dallas, Kansas City. That was all garbage time. Um, and there was Wentz, another Wentz game. Wentz had a couple of those uh, – Wentz. Hertz had a couple of those games that really did pump up his stats. Yeah. That he got points in the and fourth even, quarter and, yards and, and, in the fourth and by quarter the way, that had no impact on the outcome of the game. By the way, you can throw the Chargers. If you want to throw Week 18 out because the Eagles didn't play, you can throw the Chargers in there as the team that almost made the playoffs on the AFC side. They weren't in that game either, really. So they were not competitive against the better teams on their schedule, to say the least. Weren't they tied with the Chargers in the fourth quarter? Were they? All right, maybe yeah. I'll have to relook that. Yeah, no, Chargers kicked a late field goal to win the game. All right, yeah, um, everything that, runs that together. Game they were in, they had to come. If the point is the Eagles were always having to come from behind, sometimes so far behind that you call it garbage time. Yes, other games where they just had to rally to make it competitive and give themselves a puncher's chance. Yes, that's that's on Nick. That's on the offense. They fall behind. The slow starting. Now they slow start on defense too, but worse on offense. That even when they became a successful running team, that would happen against bad teams like Washington and New York. Yeah. Why the hell do you always have to be down seven nothing? Why do you have to be down ten nothing every single week? A lot because you win the, you win the toss and defer a lot. But oh. yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Let me I don't know. my wounds, Johnny Mac. You're doing that on purpose, aren't you? You're just doing it to get my goat. You got to go back to the deferring that you know is annoying me greatly. The, uh, well, I get, you know, I, to me, it annoyed me. We're actually on the same page there. It annoyed me this week because I talked about, again, not <laughs> the specific coin toss, but the, the mentality of playing certain opponents from an offensive head coach. I literally talked to Nick about it and he mentioned, the nuance and he mentioned every game's different and he mentioned you have to factor all these things in and he talked about it he verbalized it and i didn't see it i didn't see it um it, but it's interesting in in some aspects i i did see and i know we got to get the break because chris is going to be on here i did see sort of a normalization that he talked about. You got to treat it the same in some aspects. And then in other aspects, I thought he went completely off that thought process with the wide receiver screens and the RPOs and all that nonsense that wasn't working. Right. They went he back. Showed, to... He showed the ability to adjust. So something's not working. Hello. Don't defer when you got the goat sitting over there, ready to take over the football, go down the field against your defense. That's just so in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, maybe it just comes down to a rookie head coach being in his first game and making mistakes and hope he learns from it. Yeah, 
John, there are a lot of things. Once you once you uh, snap the ball for the first time, everything else changes because the previous play affects the previous play. And yet, I get it. The coin toss is the same. You don't have to prep for the coin. If you can't prep for well, the no, coin they're not toss, changing why that. the f- are you coaching a National Football League team? No, they're not. They're not changing that. I'm talking about the in-game stuff. I mean, that's just they. You know, that's what they believe. Defer, defer, defer. Dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. A non-dumb individual. Our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com is going to join us next right here on Birch 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. talking Philadelphia Eagles with you here every Monday through Friday, save a couple of holidays between now and when uh, camp opened up and then preseason games and then actual regular season games. It's so far away. I can't even see it. Mm. Uh, and we will tap into smart people like Chris Franklin over the course of the next nine months until we get to actual Eagle games again to help us with our journey. 
uh, Chris, what is the blue over your left shoulder? Are you wearing suspenders or is that just like, oh, no, it's light. Oh, okay, oh. looks good on you, though. Thank you. You're going with a new life. look, one side <laughs> suspender. I liked it. I thought you were a fashion trendsetter. Yeah, you know, that's the first time anybody's ever said that. Now, never probably ever be said again, so I don't know what's going on with it, that. It takes yeah. one to know one. Uh, you're truly not a tra fashion trendsetter either. No. Um, can I ask you a question here before we get underway and break down all Eagle stuff? Yeah, definitely. How much would I have to pay you for you to ask Nick Sirianni today why he deferred at the beginning of the game? I know you guys only get one question apiece. Sometimes you get to sneak in a follow-up, and you've got your own ideas on stories and everything else, and I, I, I'm not as uh, tied in as you guys are. I give you guys a ton of credit, the hard work that you do. You get a little bit of a break here coming up, but uh, tremendously hard work you did for the last four-plus months. What, what what would I have to give you to ask Sirianni that question? <laughs> well, I heard trips to Bora Bora are pretty nice around this time of year. Bora, especially with the cold. <laughs> one suspender look actually is in high fashion. Bora Bora, that's where you want to go. <laughs> you know, I, I heard those trips are pretty good around there. I mean, I, I mean I'll settle for Hawaii, but that's yeah. about it. Oh, sorry, the yeah. phone's going off at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. see, see, somebody's Nick, calling right now trying to ask. That's like, Nick Sirianni's call. Somebody's <laughs> offering you more money than I am. Yeah. <laughs> you get in the bidding war here, right? You get, you get a, a two round trips to Hawaii. That's uh, Nick Sirianni calling to say you know why. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, he knows right now it's coming on, and I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> Him or Gannon, either one of them for you. I told you guys not to do it. Oh, great. Yeah, I can see that right now. <laughs> so we've had, we, we, Chris, usually we do this post-game, uh, you know, thing with you the day after the game. I, we were both traveling back from Tampa, so you've had a little bit of a lull to uh, digest what you saw in Central Florida. Uh, what What – there's a lot of things to complain about, but what, what were you most disappointed about by that performance? Uh, I got the beer like Captain Obvious, but I think the Captain Obvious thing is that they had a missed is a big opportunity, missed opportunity ahead of them because I thought Tom Brady wasn't the true Tom Brady that we used to seeing and truly on point. I looked like he was missing some throws and they didn't capitalize. And I really feel like this that I looked at the defense of this one early on. I know the offense, I look at the way the defense played early on. And some of those decisions that went on as along the game, they played. They didn't send Slay to travel around with Mike Evans. I thought that was key. They didn't do it all, the whole entire time. And when you saw when Slay was on Mike Evans for nine times out of ten, he was really locking him down. So I look at that. And I just look at the opportunity of taking a less than sharp Tom Brady. He didn't take advantage of a lot of those situations and. Giving up 35 points, I know it's tough to stop them, but giving up 35 points in that situation is is, is rough. And they're going to look back in the offseason and see all these missed opportunities that they have. And, yeah, it's going to, it's going to bite them a little bit. That's interesting because I can't get past the offense to get to the defense. Boy, I, I thought that was a terrible, terrible game plan by Nick Sirianni. Why did we come back to all the wide receiver screens and the, and, and the nonsense that wasn't working early in this season? After he told us all week, it's just another game. Why? Why you? Why the big shift offensively? I wonder if he was a little worried about the wind. I, I, that's why I wonder. Like they try not to, they take shots downfield. I thought maybe that was another way to do that as well too, to loosen up those safeties to try to like basically keep them out the box a little bit. But 
I, I really don't know. And especially the thing I didn't get was why didn't they target Devonta Smith a lot more early on? They found ways to get wide receiver. They found ways to get screens to Kenneth Gainwell. They found ways to get Jalen Rager the ball, Quez Watkins, everything else. Why was where's Devonta Smith? Jalen I mean, Rager the ball. That that that. Uh, oh, hey, don't get me started on him. But uh, <laughs> when you look at uh, just the overall, I think he had two targets at, at the first half, and the first one was called back because of that offensive uh, pass interference one uh, penalty against Quez Watkins. And games like that, you need your best. In games like that, you know, you need to target your best players and go to your best receivers. They they tried to go to Goddard. You saw that. But when it came to Smith, I mean, I just don't understand. He's your he led your team in targets. He led your team in catches, receiving yards. He's your best route runner. Why, why not try to even go go his way? That's that's why I have questions about. Yeah, I got to go with Johnny on this one. This was more about the offense and the defense. I know the defense allowed Brady go, and you're saying Brady missed a couple of passes. Yeah, except he scored three times in three possessions. The, the end result is the most important thing. I'm not going to nitpick the play here or the play there. He's sticking the end zone for it two times. He had the ball. Yeah, he did. Uh, so two yeah, out of three. Didn't do it they did have the one try. He meatloafed it. There you go. Three out of three out of four ain't bad. Uh, <laughs> so yes, uh, offense, defense, they were bad all the way around. And yes, I would love it. You or any other Eagle Beat guy asked Nick Sirianni about uh, deferring. They were out coached pretty badly in this game too. And I'm going to now take the step back in a 3,000-foot view and say, I think the coaches did a good job. I think it was a successful season from 4-11-1 and to above 500 and then the playoffs. But this was bad. This was a mismatch. The Bucks coaching staff against the Eagles coaching staff, it wasn't close. It wasn't competitive, the matching of the wits on either side. Can this coaching staff just wipe that from their memories? I think it's going to linger a little bit heading into the season. I mean, looking, they were going against three guys, well, Bruce Arians, and then I think they have two coordinators who should be head coaches in this league. And I, quite honestly, Todd Bowles, I believe, should be a head coach. And Byron Leftwich, I think, should be a head coach. And those guys proved it on Sunday. They, they really schemed up really good plans to basically thwart the Eagles and whatever they did. I thought that was key. Getting back to the Eagles, though, looking at what they've done, I think it's still going to linger. I mean, because now – if this team goes to play again, that stuff, those questions are going to hang over their heads while well, you got blown out. Effectively, I don't care if it's at 35. So, yeah, that was a blowout to my, in my opinion, but I don't care what they say. They're going to deal with those questions next year when if they ever make the playoffs. So it's going to stick around. I, I think they'll come back next year. I think they'll be better. I think the players will be used to the systems that they have and, and the schemes and everything, but. It's a different it's a different animal in the playoffs, and I wonder if they're going to be ready for it. By the way, I, I agree with you, Chris. That is the deepest coaching staff in the league. You can throw Harold Goodwin in there as well. He's gotten head coaching interviews in the past. Tom Moore is on that staff. Clyde <laughs> Christensen's on that staff. That is the best coaching staff in the NFL. I do think the Eagles were overmatched uh, from that standpoint. But I a quick aside – because it just came out this morning. Jonathan Gannett's going to be talking with the Houston Texans today about becoming their head coach, Denver, on Wednesday, Minnesota, on Thursday. What is the disconnect between this fan base? I was talking about your compatriot about this on text message yesterday, uh, Mike Kay. What is the what is the disconnect between Eagles fans and, and the NFL's uh, – 
certainly looks like love of Jonathan Gannett. I think uh, so used to seeing the Buddy Ryan, the Jim Johnson type attack blitz, sin eight guys, like the fire zone blitzes. Like, you see all these, like the, the rush, and you saw there, that during the heyday. And now when you go from that aspect to Jim Schwartz and Jonathan Gannon, where it's more of pri- try basically containing and not giving up so many big plays over time because these offensive are going to spreads and, and attack, 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 throw the ball, throw the ball. I think they're starting to look at people who can try, possibly limit and find ways to do that. He's a bright guy. He's a very bright guy, very personable guy. I mean, the players have continually talked about how he's a good communicator, and he and we heard yesterday. I think it was T.J. Edwards telling him about give telling us the whys, and the players buy into that. And I just think, and he also think it was the they were ninth against the run, and then eleventh the pass, or something like that, right or, or reversed. I yeah, think top 10, to, number to 10, 10, 10, 10th. So I think teams are, I think owners and general managers are looking at stuff like that and saying, well, he's got, he's got the statistics that show that as a defense. But I think when it comes to the fan base, they'll say, we want to see more sacks. It doesn't help also the Eagles fans next to last in sacks. That, no. it's another thing. And it's so, and they sacked Tom not. Brady four times. I don't get it. Uh, it was Ryan Kerrigan. Where was that all year? I think when Ryan Kerrigan, if you see him, attack the way he did. I think you should have known this game was in trouble if he was having a good game. So yeah. <laughs> let me, let me uh, kick in on John's question. You're right. The, the Eagles fan base has an inordinate uh, disdain for Jonathan Gannon with what he's done this year, but I'll give him at least this much slack. It's just like the Eagles in general. Gannon stopped bad quarterbacks. Yeah. He put the clamps down on Jake Fromm. <laughs> John, you could put the clamps down on Jake. I don't Fromm. know if I could. I think I, <laughs> I think you could. I, I think, think I you could whip up a great game plan to keep Jake Fromm from moving the football. Well, <laughs> that's where I'll cut the Eagles. Again, they despise the guy, and I don't get it because he did a decent job this year. Not a great job. Well, not a bad job. He did a decent job this year. I think it, it, it's interesting. I think if, we, if he was top 10 where he was, they finished 10. I'll throw this out to you, Chris. But they were top three in bliss percentage instead of bottom three. I think they'd look at him as a genius. Same finish, number 10, but they're top three in blitz percentage instead of bottom three. I think Eagles fans love them. But the kicker there is if they blitz that much, they wouldn't be top 10. <laughs> You get toast to be toast to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see, I can see it being one thing. I, I can see the narrative right now. He's an aggressive guy, you know. He brings a yeah. lot of passion and energy. Meanwhile, he's probably he's the same guy, so mild mannered, laid back guy. Like I understand. Like I get where fans are coming from. They want to see a lot of energy. They want to see a lot of passion from that. They, well, when it comes to the way they play defense, and they want to see aggressiveness. And when you have when you sit back and you play it safe, I think fans are just like, no, why aren't you taking it to the other team instead of just seeing what the other one do? They want the fan- I think the fans are saying they want to see the defense dictate what happens instead of let everybody go past them and see 75 80% completion rates. But I think overall, I think I want to see what Gannon does. I think Gannon does with his more of his own players that fit his system in the second year. That's the key, I think. That, and I think. get a second year, though. I think yeah, he will. I think he'll be back. I, I don't think he'll get one of those jobs. Personally, I, think, I don't think he's going to get one of those jobs. I think he's going to be back in the second year. And I think next year is the one you see him either, if the defense really excels and have another great year, I think he goes after that. 
or if the defense really, really takes a big step back, I think we'll see him going after that. We so know. We, we, <laughs> we know Nick Sirianni got one interview last year. He got in a room and he won Jeffrey Laurie over. Jonathan Gannon can win some people over. He could. I'm, he not, could. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I don't think I'm with you. I don't think he's getting a job, but he can, he can win somebody over quick. I wouldn't, I wonder if his old his old boss uh, Everflus gets it. If I think if Everflus gets it, then I think next year for sure he gets it. If not, eh, I may wait. No, uh, that's the key. Gonna have if if we're all right and suggesting that we don't think he's going to get it this year, not impossible as John points out, but a long shot. Um, then he'll be judged that much more by what he does next year with this defense because they should upgrade this defense during the offseason. Yes. I don't know how many times John told me this during the year, <laughs> and he is so on point. Gannon is, if he's staying, and it uh, being courted by other teams doesn't hurt his chance to have some influence in decision-making rooms down there at the Novacare Complex this offseason. Get me a play-making linebacker. Please let me have a playmaking linebacker. My defense could be so much better if I had a playmaking linebacker. Well, the Eagles have three first-round draft picks. Johnny Mack, when was the last time they used a first-round draft pick on a linebacker? Off-ball linebacker, 1979. 1979. So, Jonathan Gannon's going back after try and change. 40 years of, or 30 years? No, 40 years of disdain for drafting linebackers eye is he going to be able to pull it off i wonder if jerry robinson uh, i i wonder if he takes like the the dolphins used to do and pop champagne every year to eagles didn't like get drafted we're like oh, i got another year of this and i think that i think if he does have a bottle already i think this is the year it changes i really truly do because okay. especially with 16 i think they trade i think they person i think they trade 19 or 16 one of those things but i think with the other pick if nicobe dean or devin lloyd are sitting there they can't pass that up, and I don't think they will because they're both three down line, three down linebackers. We've heard how important, uh, how much uh, that Gannon is like to have those guys that can play the three downs, that can call the signals from, the, call, get the signals from sideline, call the defense stuff like that. So if you have Edwards, if you if you have Edwards and say Lloyd or Dean, and then you have Singleton, I I personally, if it's Avery or Johnson, that whole Sam thing, I'd probably get out of that. But the fact that you can have interchangeable guys that can play that if need to in the alignment, that defense just comes really, really, really good. And I, I think this is the year they actually truly do that. I think they get a linebacker. And I also think they look at – I'd look at cornerback because Steven Nelson's a free agent. I'm looking at – personally, I like Amon Gardner out of Cincinnati. I really, truly like him. I think he's – another version type of of Darius Slay. He's a guy who can man up, guy who can really be a shutdown corner. He didn't give I know and you're gonna hear this over and over again. He didn't give up a touchdown his whole his whole entire time when he was in college. Yeah. And the AAC is a real tough co- conference, but it's there's also the two lanes of the world in there as well. So, so yeah. yeah. But I think cornerback and if Hamilton if Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame somehow slides down to fifteen and he's sitting there no and he has safety yeah, yeah. he's not gonna be there. there. He's gonna be gone. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Would Howie move up to trade a third to move up to say 10, 9, 8? Just did the 76 or so on there. But yeah, would he move up that way? But yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. He's not going to take all three of those first round picks. He's either going to spin them off uh, to get first round picks next year, quarterback, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> or uh, he'll probably take two. And, and 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 go in that direction and and then it kind of depends on where the board 
balls, but we got a lot of time to talk oh. about the draft. We got to talk about the quarterback. I mean, this city is schizophrenic when it comes to Jalen Hurts. <laughs> One week he's ten year guy. He's franchise guy. Next week, well, you can't move forward. You can't play him one more game. Uh, the 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 real it's obviously somewhere in between. But how much did the Eagles learn about Jalen Hurts from one playoff game? How much can you learn, or did can't, they learn? Did they already know? You can't learn from one play. I think. I think if he won that game, then there's no question that he's the quarterback, I think, for the next two, three years because he can always beg, hey, Hurts beat Brady. Hurts beat Brady. Okay, he can buy that. I don't think he can learn too much from this game. I think that you have to look at, i probably say, how much he progressed overall the whole entire season. That's where I'm looking at because how many times have you seen – I mean, look at Kyler Murray last night. Look at some of these other guys with the one, ga- one, yeah, the one playoff game. You can't Jones. do that. Yeah, Max. Even yeah, Derek Carr in his first playoff game was not was not yeah. good. You can't. You, you, I think you have to look now. If it happens next year, the Eagles are in the playoffs, or even halfway through the season next year, and you start to see that there's no progression whatsoever, he's making the same mistakes. He's still holding the ball out with one hand in the pocket. He's not climbing it well. Then I think you start to really truly worry. I really I think that. But overall, I think this season Jalen Hurts did a, a very good job when it came to his improvement, he still think he's a very good leader on his team. His intangibles are there. His passing in the pocket got considerably better. Considerably, and, and I, I really truly believe considerably better. And that ain't, I hate to say it, but that ankle injury probably was the best thing that happened to him. I know you don't ever want to see anybody hurt, but it forced him to focus on becoming a more of a pocket passer. I thought he could do that. He needs to work on his anticipation. That's the biggest thing, though. Not yeah. and let it fly when he sees a receiver breaking. Too many, too many late throws. Too yeah, many late throws. Yeah, and that can. That was that was the scariest thing in Sunday's performance for me. He looked, he looked skittish, and I hate when my quarterback looks skittish and not ready to pull the trigger. And he did look that way. Um, all right, then let me ask both you two guys. Since Johnny threw a name out there, said he didn't think he looked good. He was the second best quarterback on the field, but I didn't think he was terrible. And that's Derek Carr, who could have made a play at the end of the game and got tied up. He didn't. He's not a top five quarterback. He's probably not a top 10 quarterback. He's a top half of the league quarterback. If you could get Derek Carr in a trade from the Vegas Raiders, who blew out their general manager, who haven't made a decision on their coach yet, might go into total rebuild mode. If you could get Carr for a first round pick, would you do it? Chris, John? I'm I'm not. I think especially if I'm going to make a big trade like that, I want to make sure I get a top 10 guy because if I had to rank right now, I'd probably say Hertz is probably about 15, 16 in the league just overall, just based on what he can do with this offense. And I look at Carr, if I'm going to give up a big asset like a first round pick to move up, I want to make sure I get somebody who's at least in a 10 or, at least, or two first round pick. I want to make sure I get somebody in a 10. But Carr, he, he's got, Carr's got his good qualities. But overall, if I'm going to do a trade like that, I want to make sure I get a an even better commodity to put myself in a better position to move forward going on. Yeah, I I, I would agree with Chris from an organizational uh, philosophy. I think the head coach would like Derek Carr. I think yeah. the head coach would like to run more of the offense that he wants to run. But I I, I think if the Eagles are are going after a quarterback, it's going to be you know, Russell Wilson, 
Sean Watson ilk. Right, but um, let me, and I'll let you finish, John, but the reason why I bring it up, if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, if you can't get Russell Wilson, if you can't get Deshaun Watson, if you've judged the draft class to not be any better potential-wise of where Jay learned, and it comes down to this, you've checked all other avenues, we stay with Jalen Hurts and play it out another year, or we go get uh, Derek Carr for uh, a first-round draft pick. Which of those two things? Taking everything else off the board, which way does the organization go? Another year of Jalen Hurts, or you can get a proven top half of the league quarterback for the cost of a first. Your last of your three first-round picks, if you want to get really technical about it. Would you keep Hurts, or would you go to a guy like Carr? Chris? I'm still, I'm still keeping Hurts. I'm still keeping hurts. I think I, I think there's something to it when it comes to like the leadership of chemistry and everything else, especially with this young core. I think there's something to that as well too. So even in that scenario, I'm still I'm still going with, rolling with hurts next year. And then I'm tr- and I'm looking at the I'm a really truly I like let next year's draft class a lot more. Even though they probably won't give Bryce Young, he's gonna be too high. But I look at overall just the the draft class of 2023 quarterbacks available. I think that's a bit, way better class than this year's. Way yeah, and better. I think I think that's the other option you left out, Jody. They just kicked the can. I never got this philosophy that Jalen Hurts has one year to prove this, prove that. No, he's got. You can be a bridge quarterback for two years. You can be a bridge quarterback for three years. I've always said the Eagles will get better when they think they can get better, and and that means it could be immediate if it's Russell Wilson or Deshaun, and they're unlikely to get either. Um, or they will kick the can because they probably don't like the top names in this draft, so they'll kick the can to next year to look at the landscape. Can they get better? Can they not get better? And by the way, this whole time, Jalen Hurts has a chance to prove you right. don't have he, to get he better. and improve. Yes, which is – so I never thought it was as difficult as de- as a decision as most people thought. Like there was some kind of this weird, you have one year to figure out if Jalen Hurts is going to be your long-term store, starter. No, you don't. You're going to have as long as you want. Uh, and the fact that they were competitive and made the playoffs with them gives you even more rope to say, all right, let's let's see how this thing plays out. Am I crazy there? No, I think you're. That's, I think that's the way to go about it because – and like like you mentioned, I think that you've seen the growth, you've seen what he's done, and you're hoping he's going to improve, continue to improve in the offseason. You're hoping that he takes his second year in the system and really starts to feel more comfortable and, and, and starts working out, and maybe that anticipation of throwing the ball gets a little bit better since he feels more comfortable with, with the way the offense is. Like I, I truly believe Russell Wilson goes to the Giants, if anything, and I think Deshaun Watson, if he's traded, he goes to the Panthers now because Matt Rule, I think, is a little, a little bit desperate, and they want to make a splash down in Carolina. So unless – and I think Aaron Rodgers, if anybody, if anywhere, Aaron Rodgers will, he retire, he stays in Green Bay, or he goes out west somewhere. So those three are gone. Yeah, and class I will, but I will throw yeah. in, Chris, if by some, you know, strange – you know, strike of lightning, the beam of light coming down at you, looking like an angel, goes over over the Eagles. And Deshaun Watson wakes up and clears all his legal implications and says, yeah, I'll go play in Philly. Thanks. Thanks, Jalen. I'm going in a different direction. And I don't think that's an insult, by the way. 
And let I me, know some Eagles fans do, but when when you have an opportunity to get a player like that, you gotta you gotta do it. And I'll speak for some of those Eagle fans who might say, "Yeah, he's a really good player. He's a bad dude." There's well, there, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. I don't want this guy who maybe or maybe not potentially being the quarterback of my team. I get it. I, I talked about how many people who wanted no part it. of Michael Vick to be the quarterback of the Eagles. The Eagles said, sorry. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Lurie's been, Jeffrey Lurie's been pretty consistent. You either believe in second opportunities or you don't. Right. He's given, there'll be a percentage of the Eagle yeah. fans that don't like it. And let me give Jalen Hurts this. We we only remember what happened the last 20 minutes. And the further we go back, we start to forget things. We're only 12 months removed from Carson Wentz saying, get me the bleep out of here. I don't want to be a Philadelphia. So what? You fired Doug Peterson. Still get me to Indianapolis. I want to go see my friend Frank Reich. Wah, 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 wah. That's not going to happen with Jalen Hurts this year. Even if they're talking about acquiring Russell Wilson, they're talking about acquiring Deshaun Watson, they are talking about acquiring Derek Carr, all those possibilities, if they don't pull it off and they go back to Sean, uh, to, to Jalen Hurts, you know what Jalen Hurts is going to do? Show up at camp ready to play. He's going to be ready to take the challenge. He's not going to whine about, oh, the Eagles talked about this quarterback and the other quarterback. I'd really prefer to play elsewhere. At least they got a guy who's got his head screwed on straight, who is a focused athlete, who knows what the league is all about, not a big baby like Carson Wentz. Well said. I, was, I agree. That was well said. I yeah, I, I didn't know, know you had that, that uh, transcription <laughs> of that call. I like the transcription of the call. <laughs> I want to be with my friend, Frank. Make sure you get the quotes in bold letters, too. Yeah. With <laughs> I like it. It's, it's true, though. I think uh, uh, when you have a guy who knows he wants to come into the building, you have a guy who the players believe in, the guy who wants to le- be a leader and wants to actually be in Philadelphia, that goes a long way. I mean, you see, start to see players like, was it T- somebody, uh, I think it was T.Y. Hilton or somebody that liked a tweet that said like Carson, like that disparaged Carson Wentz a little bit. It was like a couple weeks ago, but. And I think when you look at the way you have a guy who wanted to go out there, a guy who played too much hero ball versus a guy who wants to try to relate to his teammates and try to do a lot better and, and improve in that aspect. I'm taking the guy who wants to be in Philadelphia and that's hurts overall. Yeah. It's that. Yeah, I was pretty striking Jordan Mylotta after the game talking about Jalen hurts. Um, that, that, that is, you know, I, I, I don't think people understand how much his teammates like him, how much his teammates gravitate towards him. And that's a big part of it. But at the end of the day, though, Chris, this this league is about, um, you know, it's a meritocracy. You either perform or you don't. And the intangible stuff, it's interesting because normally when you talk about young players, you worry about, okay, does he have the intangibles? That's when, when, when we start talking about Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral, we'll say, do they have the intangibles to play the position at, at this level? Um, with Jalen, it's kind of the opposite. You rarely see it with uh, young players. You know he has all the intangible stuff, the work ethic, the, the leadership. But you question, okay, does he throw? We talked about the anticipatory throws. Are they are they going to be there? Can he throw people open? I don't know. And we've been through a whole season, and I still don't know. That's a concern to me. That's the biggest question, and is the, is the accuracy 
that's what that still lingers. He's gotten a lot better. I mean, I remember heading into last year, everybody saw the 52 this year's 52%, 52%, 52%. He's gotten better at it. It's I think personally it's a little bit more mechanics on some of those things. Yeah. Especially squaring squaring up his shoulders. that like that one throw that he he tried that got picked off. He was trying to throw Devonta Smith. I mean, that's a tough throw going to your left and trying to reset yeah. and throw downfield. But that's if you want to be one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, you have to do that. It's, you have to make the throw like that. And this little things I saw in his mechanics here and there, he's gotten his foot placement. He, I think you're right. And I think everybody says, well, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have the strongest arm. You don't have to have the strongest arm necessarily like as an arm arm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's all your core and, and making sure you get your fundamentals right to get make sure you get it in a place where a receiver can make a ball. Do a couple tweaks there. He's all right. But the key is, can you do it consistently? That's where that's where you got the questions at. All right, Chris. Uh, last question for me is going to be a multiple choice question, okay? Okay. Here, here are your choices. This is the reason most likely to cause Jason Kelsey to come back and play again next year. That uh, Jalen Hurts goes in and tells him, hey, you've been singing my praises. I'm here. You're here. We got to do this together. I love the way you snap me the ball. Come on, big guy. Tell me you're not leaving. John McMullen goes in and tells him, listen, I don't want to hear my whining partner, Jody McDonald, talk about how big a drop-off at the center position day is going to be if you're not playing here. Is it Lane Johnson who says, you worry about my mental health? You know where my mental health will go if you retire on me, bud? No, no, we're a team. You got to stay here right near next to me. Or his brother says, come on, you and me in the Super Bowl. I, I got my homes. We can get there again. You can get there again. Let's let's give this one more time. Let's run it back. Which of those is most likely? Although, as much as I would love to see John be the one that had, was the one that was able to do to get him to come back, I would have probably say it, it would be the first one. And actually, no, no. Actually, I think it'll be Lane because I think he. I think that offensive line room is the way they talk about each other, and and it really struck me when they were talking about. When somebody asked about, hey, like when it came to crying in their office, they did really truly get emotional and everything else. I think that has a really, really big effect on him and, and on each other. And if Lane, if Kel, I think it'd be reversed, like Kelsey's there for Lane when Lane was going through his stuff. If Kelsey was in a similar predicament or like, like he was like looking to retire and he's really on the fence and he's really, yeah, I think Lane would come to him and say, hey, you know what? I'm good, man. Let's do this one more time at least. And, I think that would seriously be a, a heavy consideration for Kelsey. I mean, look at that. He he took the he was the last one, one of the last people in the locker room once again, taking it in. So you gotta worry about it. But I, I just got this I got this feeling he's coming back next year. I I really do. Yeah, I got that feeling too. And it's because of the cafeteria. Jason will be back. He'll probably retire today. But if he comes <laughs> back, it'll, it'll it'll be because of the cafeteria at the Novacare. <laughs> if we get that Chris, text now. Stuff. Appreciate oh, it whenever you come on. We love the look. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get that down. You gotta know exactly where the sun is at all times. <laughs> yeah. Zoom look. You zoom. And I gotta jump. I gotta day. jump in, Jody. NJ.com. Make sure you read Chris uh, at NJ.com. You see there. Who at doesn't Steve know he's on NJ? Franklin. Who? What? News. What kind of idiot? I gotta say it. Bird three sixty five. Don't read Chris Franklin at NJ.com. I gotta pump him up. We know all our smart listeners yeah. already do that. That's They're very true. smart. Thank you. Way smarter than me, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, and smarter than all of us, so that's a given, Chris. We both, we both got to try and uh, stay in his wake. Uh, Chris, thanks, buddy. We always appreciate it. Even though the offseason is here, 
We're still going to tap into you plenty. Thanks for doing it today. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Always fun. Chris Thanks, Franklin Chris. from NJ.com. That's N J period C O M. If you don't yeah. go there. And, and by the way, do not never say NewJersey.com right. around Mike K. Ever say got, New Jersey. Got to be NJ.com. Correct. All right. McMullen and McDonald coming back. We'll put a bow on the show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, back and back guys coming back. JM, have you gotten your Eagles notifications yet today as to no. who will be available for you either zooming your life away and or down at the Novacare complex? Not yet. I assume uh, we are getting some more players today. Hat tip to Jimmy Kemsky because he just asked while I was on the air, do you guys have an idea of what day Howie and Jeffrey will speak? So probably get an answer at some point this morning, but they'll be talking oh, Jimmy, this week. Jimmy asked that of the Eagles. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, we're, we're going to talk to him this week. It's just a matter of when, 
Um, now, so at some point, I, I'm sorry to interrupt again. Did Kemsky ask for Howie and Jeffrey? Uh, uh, is that what you just said? Is that what I just said? I don't know. I was reading. Yeah, I'm like that guy. Yeah, he did ask for Jeffrey. I don't think Jeffrey's going to. I was going to say I don't think Jeffrey's going to speak this week. No. Do you? No, I don't. Um, I expect Howie and and Nick to speak uh, this week. Although you never know with Jeffrey, he might want to take a bow. He might have some cause he wants to speak about for fifteen minutes. He might. <laughs> if you ever watch a Jeffrey Lurie uh, press conference, it starts with about a fifteen-minute manifesto statement about some kind of cause. So you never know. Okay. But I do expect to speak to Howie and uh, uh, Nick this week at some point. Understood, be, but probably not today. today. No. They'll probably give you a day advance thing. notice on that. Uh, not necessarily. Or close to it. 15 yeah, they're minutes, gonna, maybe. They're going to tell you at 10 o'clock, at 12 o'clock, Howie and oh, uh, yeah. Nick oh, yeah. will be That's available. That's a possibility. They might give us 15 uh, minutes. I'd like to keep those things as limited as uh, possible. That's pretty weak, as a matter of fact. But you and I are in agreement. Probably not going to get Jeffrey uh, this week. But uh, no. good thing to get Howie and the coach. And when the coach... Uh, let me uh, just put that out there. I don't have Hawaii money, the request coming from uh, our buddy Chris <laughs> Franklin. But I have some spare cash. They pay us the big bucks, fourteen twenty-five an hour here on uh, Birds 365. So I got, a, I got a little extra cash. I would pay. I'm talking about cold, hard cash, not a check, not a, not a Venmo. I'm going to give you cash. Eagle beat guys, whoever steps up and says, coach, could you again give us your line of thinking on why you deferred against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I, good, good money, cold, hard cash. Just planting us but in I here, I, Eagle I, beat guys. Well, I, I'll say it, and I know we got to go, but I'll say, it, like, what answer are you expecting to get other than we want to sandwich the second and third quarters with scores? Analytically, that's, I mean, that's the quite, that's the answer you're going to get. Um, okay, and and then I would be ready to jump in and go. So you're telling me you don't take into consideration at all the opposition, the team you're playing, what you want to do over the course of the football game. That all goes out the window because of the analytics of we want to try and get two back-to-back -back possessions between the first half and the second half. Oh, I'd be ready with my follow-up, John. Well, it it is Zoom. So number one, you 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 got to be very careful about you. You might not get your follow-up. Um, you know, I've been asked this question. You know, I've had fans say, can you ask Howie why he's so bad at his job? I, I mean, there is a professional form <coughs> to it. where you, you, you hope to be uh, allowed back. Uh, so, you know, we all have a professional relationship with everybody, Nick, Howie, uh, Jeffrey. Um, so, you know, you're not going to prod somebody. And and Nick has been honest about his reasons um, about why he does it. I don't agree with them. I think it's fair to point out. I think you should. I think there's more of, of, of room to feel things out on a particular game. And that we're in complete agreement. Um, he doesn't think it's that important. And by the way, that's not why they lost the game. I thought it was the start of a bad offensive plan. 
I thought it was the start. It was a contributing a factor. It was not line. the factor, but it was a contributing factor. Yeah. And that's why it's a viable question today for any Eagle beat writer that would like to get paid by Jody McDonald, <laughs> who wants to ask that question when Nick Giriani next sits with the media here in Philadelphia. All right, uh, two media guys got to go over and out. Uh, JM, um, I hope you get somebody today. I hope you get Jason Kelsey today. I hope Jason Kelsey yeah. gets good news. Yeah, He's coming hope, back wow, for next year. You're not going to get that. You're going to yeah. get uh, – I'm going to take some time. I'm going to take some time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I expect, and that's a beat does talk you might want to avoid the conversation but in jason's case it's also uh honest in the fact that you you know after 18 games your your body's not feeling the best so it happens with a lot of veteran players as they age you take a month away and then you go yeah i don't want to stay at home i want to go play and i think that's ultimately what will happen uh with jason kelsey but we'll see with what he's done for this town and this team, Jason Kelsey gets to dictate terms on when he makes his decisions about Jason Kelsey. I think we all agree on that one. All right, partner, uh, you'll be back here 22 hours from now? I will do my best. We're all day to day, Jody. Yes, he will be zooming his life away and giving us the breakdown of what he learns right here tomorrow on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.